Acts chapter number 16 in your Bibles. Acts chapter 16. We're going to be continuing in our series, and I believe this is the last installment of that series, uh, I Worship series. And so we're going to continue with that. Uh, this will be the conclusion of the series, unless the Lord changes his mind. So are you in Acts chapter 16? Uh, verse number 25 is where I'm going to start this morning. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. You there say amen. amen. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners was listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keepers of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Verse 29. And then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. Pray with me. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning to gather around your word. As usual, God, I depend heavily upon your spirit to use me Father, I'm simply your tool this morning. Father, you're the potter and I'm the clay. Mold me, shape me, use me this morning for your glory. Father, I pray this morning that you would bring revelation, bring insight, bring wisdom, Lord God, so that we can know how to appreciate you even more. The great and awesome sacrifice you made for us, Jesus. We bow before your word this morning. Father God, we posture ourselves before your word. For you said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And so with that in mind, Lord, we are all ears this morning. Give us a hearing ear. Give us a seeing eye. Open our hearts today. Impart something into us that will forever transform us, Lord God, to be the people that you've called us to be now and forever. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. As I said before, uh, we're beginning or we're actually ending our series. We've been talking about worship. And just to put some of you at ease, I know that we talk about worship and people tend to think of worship in very, very uh, 
in, in confined ways. When they think of worship, they think worship is simply just a clapping of hands and stomping of feet. And we have been learning in recent weeks that worship is much, much more than that. And so my goal in this sermon has not been to try to necessarily just to get you to clap your hands, to stomp your feet, or to cry when you come into the presence of God. Although, I believe that when you truly do become a worshiper, all those things are a byproduct. So my goal have been in this series is really to expose us to what it really means to worship God. Worship of God is something that we love, something that we enjoy. It is something that is very much a part of our being. But I want to turn the page a little bit this morning within the same context. And I want to talk about praise. Everybody say praise. praise. Good. You're helping me preach this morning. I like that. Um, not too long ago, and, and, you know, this, I had a friend of mine, and this is probably, I want to say back in 2008, uh, I had never went to a professional football game. Have anybody ever been to a professional football game? Uh, and so for those who know, uh, you know, I'm, you know, do I have to say this every week? What kind of fan am I? Who am I? Cowboys. Okay. So I had, I had, <laughs> so I had a dear friend of mine uh, invited me and got some tickets to go to a Monday night football game to see the Dallas Cowboys whip up on the Washington Redskins. And by the way, we did back in those days. Um, but, um, and, and I remember it was a, a very, very exciting time. And so I get over to the stadium and I noticed when I got there, there was such excitement. I mean, the energy in that place was simply amazing. I mean, there had been people that were out there, you know, probably five, six hours earlier. They were tailgating. I mean, you can smell the sausage and you can smell the hot dogs. You can smell the hamburgers. You can smell the chicken. I mean, when you drove up, people had on their jerseys. And, and, and I was like, wow, man, this is amazing. And so we go inside the stadium and all this energy and all this passion and all this excitement. And so, and so we go inside and, and you know, and they, got a, they got a couple of people on the field and they're just giving some promotions. And then it come point in time uh, when they announced the football team to come out on the field. So when the Dallas Cowboys came out, there was a boo for most of the people in the stadium. But when the Washington Redskins came out, people began to clap. People begin to cheer, and, and you can tell that this was a moment that everybody was waiting for. But you know, even beyond that, once the game started, I saw some unusual things. When the game started, and whenever the uh, home team scored a touchdown, there was a strange thing that people all of a sudden People that you would think are quiet, people who you think are reserved, people that you don't even know, they begin to shout loud. I mean, whenever there was a touchdown, people would jump up, pour beer on each other because they're just all over the place, and nobody really cared. And, you know, and people who didn't even know each other were hugging each other. They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, hands up, feet stomping, the stadium roaring. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, and the, noise, and the roar was so loud 
that I had to put my hands over my ear because it was that deafening. And so as I was preparing this message, and we're talking about the subject of praise, as I was preparing this message, the Lord took me back there because it's amazing to me how that we get so excited. Everybody say excited. We get so excited about football players on the football field. But yet when we come into the house of God, how many know that Jesus scored a touchdown? Somebody say amen. How many know that he scored the biggest touchdown? How many know he won? He defeated the devil. How many believe that Jesus ought to get more praise than the football player? Come on, say amen. amen. And so as I begin to think about this thing, and because in some of our circles we've been taught, some of you come from, from some, some real religious backgrounds, where you are kind of taught that when you come to church, you are to sit quietly and you are to praise privately and you're not to raise your voice at all. You're to keep it down because, you know, we're in church. How many of you have grew up in those kind of environments? Uh, I didn't grow up. I grew up in a holiness environment. I mean, we were on fire, sometimes too much fire, if you know what I mean, but we were on fire. But there's something about you understand, when you understand praise, those fans out there at that game, they were praising. They were clapping. They were excited. And you know what I realized? They did not need somebody to stand out in the middle of the field to try to pump them up. They were pumped up before they got there. Amen. Are you tracking with me this morning? Before they even got, I mean, no, the people were already in a state of praise when they, before they even came. Y'all know where I'm going with this, don't you? You see, as the people of God, how many know that God inhabits the what? Praises of his people. And how many know that when we come into the house of God, how many know we ought to always be ready to give him praise? Somebody say amen. We ought to, listen, Sister April shouldn't have to stand up here for five and ten minutes and say, come on, come on. You should be like, April, when are you going to get started? I'm ready. We've been waiting for this all day. I mean, you can get so pumped up in the Lord. Let me tell you something. Those people at the football game, the guy could have said that all of y'all are going to die today at 5 o'clock. The people wouldn't have heard it. They wouldn't have cared because they were so excited. They wouldn't even pay it because they were just so ready. They wouldn't even heard it because they came with an attitude of praise. How do you know that when we come into the house of God, we ought to come with an attitude of praise. Now, there's a difference between praise and worship. The series is entitled, I Worship. Everybody say worship. worship. So there's a difference between praise and worship. Many people don't understand the difference, so i help you with that this morning. When my kids were a little bit smaller, and now they're a little bit older, you know kids change when they get older. Somebody say amen. Uh, somebody know what I'm talking about. Kids do change when they get a little bit older. And so when my kids were around, you know, three and two and four, and, and whenever I came home, you know, there would, you know, my wife would say, Daddy's home, and, and man, before I could get into the door, my kids was grabbing on me, pulling on me, jumping all over me. Daddy home, Daddy home, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all excited. But then, I mean, and what they were doing at that moment, they were praising their daddy. But then it went from praise to worship because they started saying things like, I love you. Daddy's so good to see you. How many know that when we come into the presence of God, we come with praise? 
Praise is celebration. Everybody say celebration. celebration. Worship is more intimate. See, praise is I celebrate what he's done. I'm excited. See, they, we praise him because we know who he is. We, we praise him for his excellent greatness. We praise him for his loving kindness. We praise him for all the amazing things that he's done. And then there comes a point in time when we sit quietly before him, or if you will, when you open your life up to him and you begin to let him down on the inside. And you begin to tell him how much you love him. How many of you love him this morning? Let me help you with the definition of praise so you can understand what that means, and then we're going to get into our text here. He says here, the definition, the, uh, the Hebrew word, if you will, for praise is hala, for those who want to keep notes, H-A-L-A-A. Hala means is the same root word from which we get hallelujah. Y'all know that phrase. That's a universal phrase, term. And hala means, watch this, to shine. Everybody say shine. It means to show off. Everybody say show off. It means to celebrate, to make noise. Mm, everybody say noise. Y'all know we weren't loud enough this morning in worship. Y'all know that, don't you? I'm just saying. It is to be jubilant. That's what praise me. To be jubilant, to be excited, to boast is what the word means. It is to brag. It is to cheer. You ever had your kids brag about you? I used to do it for my dad all the time. My dad can beat your dad. My dad can, my dad is, my dad is bad. My dad will knock your dad out. Brag! How many know we ought to brag about God? And so, so, so when we come into the presence of God, there should always be a halah, a celebration, an excitement, jubilance, boasting. Shine to make God glorious. How I many know we ought to make him famous with our praise? Because watch this. God wants your praise. God demands your praise. You know when the Bible says, watch this. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 100? It says this. And I, I didn't write it. I, I did write it down, but I don't think I gave it to the folks. But it says, Psalm 100, make a joyful shout. Everybody say shout. To the Lord, all ye lands. Everybody say, everybody. everybody. That's my good English. And serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. And it is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Watch this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. I want that to settle into your heart. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Watch this. And his courts with praise. See, one of the things you must understand about God, God, God never makes suggestions. He only gives commands. Y'all know that, right? When God says make a joyful shout, he's not saying, well, if you feel like it. Amen. He's not saying, well, you know, if everything goes right. When he says come before me with thanksgiving, he's not saying, if you feel like thanking me, please, give me, it's up to you. No, when the Lord doesn't make suggestions, he only makes commands. Do you all understand that? So he says, make a joyful noise. He says, when we come, we have to make a joyful noise. We have to shout. We have to come before his presence with thanksgiving. We have to come before him with praise. With praise. 
I want this thing to settle into you in a moment because we're going to talk about praise this morning and it's going to revolutionize some of your thinking. Are you ready for it? You're going to look at praise in a whole new light. Listen to me. How many of you want God to change your life? I mean, how many of you really want revelation this morning? Oh, y'all got to do better than that. Act like you, look, watch this. Act like you're at the football game. You just paid $100 for a ticket. Jesus. I'm going to beat it out of you one way or another. We're going to, before it's all said and done, we're going to give God the praise. Because you're going to see today that praise is not just something that you do. It's not simply an activity. This thing is your life. Oh, hallelujah. Are y'all ready for this? Go ahead, turn to Isaiah chapter 61. Go ahead, run to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61, I'm going to begin reading in verses 1 down to verse number 3. You there? Say amen. Amen. Y'all moving fast today. Hallelujah. This is uh, really Jesus spoke this word prophetically. When Jesus has said this over in the Gospels. It had already been prophesied some hundreds of years earlier. And here it was. And when Jesus first began his ministry, here's how he began it. He said, the spirit of the Lord is God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Come on. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Watch this. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. Watch this. To give them beauty for what? Acid. Mm. The oil of joy for what? Morning. And the garment of praise for what? The spirit of wow, look at that. Now, I want you to focus on that verse then in three. He says he has given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I want that to settle in. He has given us. Now, Jesus, Jesus said this. This was a prophetic. But Jesus also echoed it when he came. He's beginning his ministry. He says, I've come to give you the garment of praise. Everybody say the garment of praise, garment of praise. for the spirit of heaviness. How many of you ever have a heavy spirit? Amen. How many of you ever find yourself battling with a little bit of depression every now and then? Amen. How many of you find yourself in a place where life is just challenging and you're sometimes you don't know how you're going to get through it and, 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 and you get these feelings of, of worry and depression and the weight of the world comes in on you? You know what Jesus said you ought to do? He said, you ought to put on the garment of praise. Watch this. Anytime, I'm going to show it to you here in a moment. Anytime you find yourself, watch this, in a place where you feel heavy in your spirit, there is nothing that will lift your spirit quicker than when you get your praise on. Amen. Oh, listen, are y'all with me? Amen. He says, I've given you the garment of praise. For the spirit of heaven. Well, I don't feel good today. Well, I'm a little bit depressed today. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to shut your door, put on your favorite CD, and you need to go into praise. Why? Because, this, watch this, because he's given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. 
Now watch this. How many know, uh, my wife, uh, just the other day, my wife knows me, and uh, I typically don't like to buy myself anything. My wife, she'll tell you, I never like to buy myself clothes. I just, because I feel like I got too many other responsibilities. That's me. And so my wife would take it upon herself, and she did this week, and she went and bought me a few things without me, and I just opened up the closet, and there was a, a, a lot of things. Of course, my first thing was, you know, how much it costs, where the, you know, I'm thinking all that stuff, you know. My wife like, you need some clothes. And, and all those garments are, you know, they were nice garments. And, but but how, how many know that the garments, if they're sitting on the rack, until I pull the garment out and put it on, it will do me no good. Amen. Uh, the, the sweaters, the nice shirts, they'll be real pretty, but nobody will see them but me. They would just be sitting on the rack. I, mean, I wonder how many Christians have left their praise on the rack. Ooh, how many Christians come to church, go to work even? But you leave your garment of praise in your closet, and that's why you find yourself frustrated and mad and want to choke somebody. <laughs> see, the garment, see, look at the name say, put it on. See, every single day, you got to put on the garment of praise. The garment of praise will do you no good. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to put them on. And so how many know that's an act of your will? And so when you put on the garment of praise, watch this, there was nothing that would drive the devil away quicker than when you go into praise mode. I'm going to show you here in a moment. Stay with me. Praise. Everybody say praise. praise. He said, I give you the spirit of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If, how many of you are heavy this morning? Amen. You should be pretty light right about now. How many came to church this morning heavy? <laughs> oh, you know what you need to do now, right? Put your garment on. Open the closet, whatever you got to do, put it on. And you know what? Don't just put it on when you come to church. <laughs> put it on when you go out in the grocery store. Put it on before you walk into your office. Put it on while you're driving down 95 and you want to bless somebody. Put on your garment of praise then and it will drive away. You know, the, you know why, you know why the, the devil don't want you to praise God? He, don't, he hates praise because, see, the devil wants all the worship to go to him. So the devil loves it when you leave your garment of praise at home. The devil loves it when you come to church and you're really quiet. The devil loves it when you don't really open up your mouth because, because that means God is not getting it. And if God is not getting it, he's okay. But how me know, I am not going to default on what I owe God. I'm not going to give the devil pleasure. I'm going to give him praise when I feel like it and what? When I don't. Amen. How many know you got to put this? How many always feel like put, getting up in the morning putting on stuff? But you do it anyway. How many know you got to get past your feelings? Now, Apostle Paul here in Acts chapter 16, we read the verse, foundational text, and listen to this. So in Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul got locked up for committing some horrible crimes. You know what the crime was? <laughs> preaching the gospel, doing what God, everybody say God, God, had told him to do. Paul was being attacked because he was preaching the gospel. He cast a demon out of a lady. And the whole city got mad because a lot of people was making money off of the demon lady. And so the apostle Paul cast a demon out of the lady, and then the whole city get upset. How many know you mess with people's money, they get upset? <laughs> and so they lock old boy Paul up in the prison. Now, now you know, I don't like, you know, you all know I'm a, I'm a police from my other job. 
and, you know, in, in 24 years of being a policeman, I don't like the jail. I, you know, now I do what I, I do. Uh, I do. I work in the fugitive department, so I go pick them up. I drop them off. Even when I drop them off, I want to hurry up and get out. I don't like the jail. Pastor don't like the jail. I don't like our smell. I don't like. I don't like the jail. And so, so watch. So they didn't have in Apostle Paul's day. Understand this. They did not have the amenities that we have today in our facility. I mean, we have running water. Uh, we get sandwiches, we get food. Some of, these, some of these folks in the jail, some of them get cable TV, believe it or not. They get HBO. They, I know, I travel, tell me, I, they get it. And so we didn't have, so, so in Apostle Paul's day, it was not like that. I mean, the jail was like a hole. It was dark, it was dirty, it was nasty. It was not a place anybody would want to be. So the Apostle Paul, watch this, being obedient to God. Have you ever been obedient to God that things didn't work out the way you wanted to work out? I mean, you obeyed God, right? You did what you were supposed to do, and you find yourself, yourself still behind the eight ball, and you're even wondering, God, where are you? Paul found himself in that place. But the Bible says at midnight, everybody say midnight. midnight. I always read that, and it always caused me to pause. Because the Bible kind of goes out of its way. The text wants to emphasize that it was midnight. Now, back in those days, they didn't have PlayStation, all right? They didn't have the PDAs. They didn't have uh, a Netflix. Uh, they didn't have all the stuff that would keep people up. You know, y'all don't like to go to bed because of all your technology. Back in those days, they didn't have any of that. And so typically, people went to bed a lot earlier. And so Paul then, at midnight, when people are supposed to be asleep, at midnight, when you're supposed to be preparing and resting for the next day, the Apostle Paul was up. Now, let me, let me hasten to say this, because sometimes here's the misunderstanding. We tend to think sometimes that because these people uh, are giants in the faith, that they did not experience the same pressures that we experienced. Let me, sub let me submit to you, they did, and even more so. They experienced the same kind of challenges. And so could you imagine what the devil was saying to the apostle Paul? Paul, and, and, and by the way, Paul didn't even know if he was going to live the next day because they were talking about killing him. So listen to this. He's in a dark place. He's locked up for just doing what God told him to do, just preaching the gospel. He's in an environment of, of criminals. He's in an environment that is not a, 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 a healthy environment. He, he's in a place that is dark. He's in a place that is, that is unwarranted. And, 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 and the devil, I'm sure, was telling Paul, Paul, if God really cared about you, why are you locked up? If God really cared about you, I mean, you've been praying for a job now for a year. If God really cared about you, how come you haven't got a job yet? If God really cared about you, how come you haven't, how come he haven't moved on your behalf? How many know what I'm talking about? The devil always whispered. Don't you believe? I believe the devil was whispering to Paul. But Paul decided he won't listen to it. <laughs> the Paul said, you know what? Instead of me sitting here, Listening to the voice of the enemy, I, I, I got an antidote. You know what he started doing at midnight? There's a reason the brother started praying and praising and singing at midnight. The brother was praising and he was singing praise to God at midnight. Watch this, because he was silencing the voices of the enemy. 
Paul made a choice that while he was in a dark place, that the only way that he was going to get out was to give God the praise. Now watch this. So Paul then, in prison, in this place, and now he's singing. Well, most, most people, how I many you know a lot of people, we get depressed, we get upset, we get bothered about stuff, we, we're pacing the floor. We're upset, we're on the phone. But, but, but how many you know that God don't respond to complaining? Amen, amen. Listen to me. I tried it. It don't work. Take it from pastor. I tried to complain. It don't work. God don't move when you complain. He just don't. Paul had every reason to complain. Am I right about it? God, I'm preaching. God, I'm serving you. Why am I in this dirty place? Why am I, God, in this jail? But no, he didn't. He said, you know what? I'm going to get my praise on. And he starts singing and he starts praising. And guess who heard it? God. How many know that when you praise, listen to me, when you praise and you worship God, it gets him his attention and it invokes the power and the presence of Almighty God. Come on, go back to Acts chapter 16, because some of you are looking at me like you don't really understand that. Go, go, go to Acts chapter 16. I got to help you all out just a little bit. Look at this. Look at this. Verse 20, y'all in verse 25, Acts 16. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were what? Uh-oh. <laughs> Who was listening? Prisoners. So here they are in the middle of the night. And sometimes some of the stuff you go through, the only way you're going to drown out them voices, you just got to sing real nice and loud. You know, I'm telling you, there are times when the voices come in my head, I just turn up the praise, turn up the volume. You used to have back in the 80s, turn up the volume. You, know, you, know. you got to, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You got to turn up the volume of praise. And you got to turn down the volume of doubt and unbelief. You got to shut it off. Look at the name say, shut it off. Shut, it off. shut off doubt. Shut off unbelief. Shut it off. And so, so listen, Paul, they were, listen, they were singing nice and loud. I mean, and it wasn't a watch this. They weren't in jail singing like this. Oh, Lord, I love you, but I worship you because I don't want to uh, uh, wake up the prisoners. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <sighs> they were, Lord, I love you. Lord, I worship you. Thank you, God. And I'm sure the prisoners said, what is wrong with these nuts? They should be asleep. <laughs> They didn't care because in order to listen for them, this was their life. So watch this. So watch. Verse number 26 says suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. Suddenly. Mm, Say suddenly. Understand something about suddenly. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. Now, when did the earthquake happen? At midnight. But after what? Oh, how many of you want to get God in your life? How many of you want to get God to come down on some of your problems? How many of you want to get God to get a breakthrough? How many of you you want God to move? How many of you want God's presence to be all over you? I didn't think I could do that. When they begin to praise, the Bible says suddenly there was an earthquake. Oh, that wasn't just a coincidence, people. It is as if God sat on the throne and he said, uh-oh, uh-oh, what's that? 
Somebody is giving me the praise. You remember the woman who, needed, who was, uh, had an infirmity for 12 years? And you remember she was desperate and she grabbed the hem of his garment and all the, all the people that were there, a lot of people bumping up against Jesus. This woman touched her with something, with faith. And Jesus says, who touched me? Cyprus says, wait, 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 everybody touched me. What are you talking about? He said, oh, somebody touched me with faith. How do we know praise is the same way? Every time you make a decision that I'm going to give God praise, I'm going to make him shine, I'm going to declare his glory, I'm going to worship him, God, you invoke the presence and the power of God to come into your life and move some stuff. So how dare we come into the presence of God, standing there like a log, standing there like we don't know we've been redeemed, standing there like we don't know that Jesus spilled his blood for us. And all God wants is a people of praise. Give me my praise. When Paul and Silas gave him the praise, suddenly there was an earthquake and the Bible says everybody chains were loose. Now, I want you to hear something. Hear this. I hear this from, are you listening? Say amen. amen. Don't miss your opportunity to bless your God when you're going through a trial in the midst of the unbeliever. The worst thing you can do as a Christian when you're going through it and everybody around you know you're going through it, that you sit there and you complain. That is an opportunity for you to give God his praise. Why? Because watch this. You said you go to church every Sunday. You said you love the Lord. Then why are you so worried? Why are you complaining? Why are you so frustrated then? Let me tell you something that will, that will bring a witness to somebody quick. How, how many of the prisoners was listening? Amen. Amen. They was listening. They, they saw it. So they're thinking, I know what they were thinking. I was out and thinking the same thing. But these brothers might get killed tomorrow. We're in this dirty place. They're sitting there singing to God. Man, if, if God, God should have got me up out of this. No, no. While they're going through it, Paul said, I'm just going to praise him. And, and you know what happened? The Bible says, you can read the account. The Bible says the prisoners got saved. Well, oh, y'all don't. You're still looking at me. See, I, can, I see that puzzle looks. I got to go back to the word. Every time you look puzzled, I go back to the word. Why? <laughs> and the keeper, look at verse 27. And the keeper of the prison, and the keeper of the prison, awakened from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called over with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm, do no harm, for all, for we are all here. Verse 29. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, Watch this, sirs. What must I do to be saved? Here's the prison guards. Now they're running. What? 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 what, what? How many know your praise will get the attention of the unbeliever? Amen. Oh, how many know that your praise, when you start boasting about God in, the, in your midnight hour, everybody say midnight, you will get, they will look at you and say, what kind of God do you, what is it about God? I know what you're going through. I know you're going through some problems. I know you're struggling. But why are you still smiling? Why are you still happy? Why are you still shouting? Why are you, what's, I mean, I would have been killed by now. Ah, verse 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your what? Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them, took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes. And immediately he and all of his family were baptized. 
Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. He rejoiced, believing, having believed in God with all of his household. How many know that your praise is salvation? How many know we need to hold each other accountable as it relates to that? Because I know, see, the reason why God don't always erase your problem, how many of you just want God to, I mean, I know how it is. You want God to just erase everything, right? Just make your life a bed of roses, right? Or something like that. You want whatever problem that you're about, you want God. But sometimes God don't want it there because he, he said this problem is for the glory of God. But if you don't process it for the glory, if you have the wrong attitude, remember what I said, Paul could have complained, but he didn't because God wouldn't have heard his complaining. Paul praised. I said, Paul praised. And so when you praise, you invoke the power of God to move in your life. Other people see that because they're looking at you saying, how? How? And I believe that a lot of people have been kept from coming into the kingdom of God because the people of God act like they don't know they've been redeemed. Because we give the enemy space and we don't give God the glory in the midst of your trial. So here's what I want, I want you to do. I want you to purpose that in the midst of my trial, I'm going to give God praise. And particularly when you have an opportunity, particularly people who know you. How many of you got problems that other people know about who don't know Jesus? Then use that opportunity to give God the praise and watch how God moves in your life. Finally, look at... Uh, Look at uh, Second Chronicles. Go to see, y'all know I had to go to Second Chronicles. So we talked about praise, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now we're going to talk about praise as a weapon. Everybody say weapon. A weapon. Uh, have you ever thought about praise as a weapon? Yes. A weapon. Second Chronicles, chapter number twenty. Go ahead, run there real quick. It's in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. I'm going to read four verses. First four verses, then I'm going to jump down to verse 21, down to verse 24. Watch this. It happened, verse starting in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 1. It happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Amnon and others were with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And there in Hazazon, Tamar, which is in Engedi. But look what Jehoshaphat does. Verse number three. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help. How many need the Lord's help? I don't know about you, but I need his help. As help of the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now jump on down to verse number uh, 21. So now they, they prayed, they sought the Lord. There was a prophetic voice that told them in the midst of all that, that you're not going to need to fight this battle. The battle is the Lord. Look at the neighbor say, the battle is the Lord. Look at the neighbor say, what you're going through, it belongs to God. That battle belongs to the Lord. Look at neighbor again and say, relax. God got this. Now, you better believe that. Now, watch this. Verse number 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Now, I want to stop right there for a moment. So, so watch. Now, I, 
help me. And we got a lot of our military folks that are out of here today. But 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 because they got their, I guess they got the Marine Marathon Marathon. Anyway. But so anyway, they got some so folks out. So so I can't imagine that, that, that you know, though, though, you know, soldiers like to fight. Uh, soldiers like their weaponry, amen? amen. They love their guns. They like their artillery. I mean, a lot of them go into the military because they want to be able to get those weapons because they love it. They, I mean, the weapon is the thing. And, and, and you know, and I could not imagine. Now, 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 I'm trying to think here for a moment, and I try to put myself here in Jehoshaphat's shoes because when you go to a war, when you're about to go to a war, you want your best equipment, right? You want your machine guns, you want your, you want your missiles, you want your bombs. When you say war, brother, I'm thinking about artillery. I'm thinking about when I go to war. But Jehoshaphat, uh, the Bible says that uh, while they were preparing for war, that he went and appointed some musicians. Choirs. People to play flutes, flutes, string instruments, saxophone, roar, drums, cymbals. Now, I, I'd imagine that if I was there and we, and I know that I got a whole bunch of nations coming up against me. I mean, y'all, y'all, do you see the picture? I mean, it won't just one nation coming up against the brother. <laughs> it was several nations. He were, the whole nation was under attack. And Jehoshaphat said, okay, uh, we need the choir. <laughs> I'd be like, oh no, get rid of him. He ain't no fighter. He done lost it. The Bible said, I like it said in verse 21, it said he, after he consulted with the people. I believe he probably had to try to convince some folk because some folk were trying to figure out, we're about to go to war. So what's the purpose? We need weapons, brother. We need some guns. We need some bombs. We need some ships. Did they have ships back in the day? Yeah, they had ships back in the <laughs> You don't go to war with, with a guitar player. What am I going to do with a flute player out front of the military? Oh, come on. I mean, how many... I, 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 you know, Marines, you know, Marines, can you imagine a Marine? You know, you know how they are, strong. Can you imagine a flute player going in front of a Marine? <laughs> no, Jehoshaphat said, he said, no, uh, he appointed. Let's look at the verse. Because, so, again, a couple of y'all looking like you don't get it. So he says, and, and watch this, verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. <laughs> And who should praise the beauty of his what? Holiness. And they went out before the army. Now, now, listen now. And the band went out what? Before the army. So not only are you making, I mean, now you're, you're not only talking about bringing out some instruments and some guitar players, and some, but now you're going to put the band in front? We need to fire that joker. He done lost it. He ain't the leader. God ain't called him to be the leader. He's crazy. That's why the Bible says, after he consulted with some people. How many know you always got some doubters in the crowd? You always got some folks saying, we can't do it. We can't do it. You're crazy. But how many know that when God calls you to do something, you just need to step on out? And you need to just get the noise out of your ear and do what God told you to do. Oh, now watch this. And so verse 22. Now when they begin to sing 
and to praise. Are y'all getting this? When they begin to sing and to praise. All right, we already told you what praise meant. When they begin to sing and to praise the Lord, everybody say, the Lord. The Lord. Wait a minute. I didn't even get to shoot my gun. <laughs> I didn't even get to set off my nuke. But the Lord set ambushes. And the end of that story was all of them began to turn on themselves and they self-destructed. Guess what? The army didn't have to do anything. Now, watch. Because, you see, the army, the military, they had a distinct purpose. But how many know that when you're fighting spiritual battles, you can't fight spiritual battles with fleshly stuff? Amen. See, many of the stuff that we're dealing with as Christians, you can't fight it. How many know you can't fight Satan in the flesh? You got to fight him in the spirit. Amen. And how many know the reason why he put the band out there for the praisers out there for, you know why? Because praise is a weapon. Amen. Amen. Pray, oh, y'all not getting this. You are not getting this. Your most dangerous weapon is your praise. Remember, here's the correlation. When they begin to sing, when they begin to praise, God set ambushes. Honey, honey, why are you in the room with the door shut, with the music turned out nice and loud? I'm warring. What are you doing? Why are you dancing? Why are you shouting? I'm fighting. Ah, I'm fighting my way. What are you doing? I'm praising him. I can't stop praising his name. I'm giving him the glory. What, what are you doing? There's nobody in there. Right? Somebody's in here. I'm giving my glory to God. I'm giving glory to Jesus. I'm fighting my way out of this. Praise is your weapon. Don't you keep your weapon in the holster. Yes. Unload your holster and begin to praise. And watch God break a few people back for you. Amen. <laughs> How many know you got everybody got a couple of enemies every now and then? See, what you got to do is understand that, that, that praise, here's the thing. Praise is not just something you do. Praise is your life. It lifts the spirit of heaviness off you. God will give you. Listen, when you execute in praise, when you learn to do it, when you do this often, I mean, you, I mean the more you do this, God will work in your life. Because whenever we praise, God comes right. The Bible says he comes and sit right down. Boom, right up on your praise. He inhabits. He's enthroned upon the praises. So whenever the church, whenever the people of God begin to praise, God comes right there and goes, wah bam. So how should that change the way we look at praise? It's not a suggestion. It's a must. I mean, it's our life. Some of you got to get your weapon out because you got to, you've been fighting, but you've been fighting wrong. You've been fighting by cussing people out. Oh, I know y'all. Christians do cuss. Don't try to act all holy. <laughs> yeah, some of us have been fighting with, with our fists. Some of us have been fighting by gossiping. Some of us have been fighting by talking about. How I many know you can't, you can't, what you got to do is praise. Take out your weapon and begin to praise, and God will bring about a breakthrough. In closing, turn to Psalm 150. Stand to your feet while we're closing. Stand to your feet. Do, uh, you know what? I didn't give you that. Can you find that verse for me? Can you find it and put it on the screen? Come on, everybody stand to your feet. We're going to read this nice and loud. Nice and loud. Amen. 
nice and loud. Psalm 150. It's only like six verses, I think. Amen. Y'all ready? Amen. Now, now listen. How many know? How many you got your weapon on? You ready now? Amen. How many got some things right now that you're going through, and you want God to move? Amen. Watch. Here we go. Are you ready? Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Everybody, praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty act. Come on, nice and loud. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and what? And what? You ain't supposed to dance in church. The devil is a lie. All right. Praise Him with stringed instruments and what? Watch this. Praise Him with loud what? Praise Him with what? Watch this. Let everything that has breath, what? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. Every head is bowed. Remain standing. Every eye is closed. This is, this is God. See, praise, you thought that this was just something I wanted to, to hurry up and just bypass and hurry up and and, and, and get to the sermon or hurry up and go home and, and you missed the opportunity to beat up some devils. You missed the opportunity to invoke the power and the presence of God. And some of you right now, you're going through some stuff right now in your life and, and, you're, and, and, and you've been fighting but you haven't fought right. God just opened your eyes. Some of you have been going through some depression. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven. Some of you just got some enemies. You got some stuff. How many know the devil is the devil is after you? He wants to kill you. And there's one way to get rid of the enemy. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him like you're crazy. Praise him like you have no sense. Praise him and watch. You know what happened? The devil's gonna run. He can't, he cannot stand it when you're praising God. He cannot stand it. So if you're listening this morning and you say, Pastor. I've been going through some depression. I've been handling things the wrong way. Or maybe I just even had the wrong attitude when it came to praise. But this morning, I'm changing. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit, everybody. Just listen to God's voice this morning. If the Holy Ghost has spoken to you at all, just, just repent right where you are. Just repent. If you had a cavalier attitude about praise, repent. If you fell into the excuse that, that I'm just quiet, when you know you've been yelling and screaming at the football games, just repent. If you've been taking praise and worship services, if you even skipped the praise and worship just to come to other parts of the service in church on Sunday, then just repent. Just repent. Because this is not about anybody but God and giving him his praise. Father, I thank you, Lord. You know every heart here this morning. God, I thank you that you have made us a people of praise. Father, we've seen the examples in your word, God. And Father, we declare this morning that we will give you the praise, God. I pray that every person will get this revelation. And that, God, that now we will, we will go into battle with the garments of praise. And God, we will worship you and praise you 
knowing that it invokes your power. Come, Lord Jesus, and break the back of the enemies. Lord, where your people are struggling right now, God, I pray that as the praises go up, that you break the back of the enemy. Reveal yourself. Expose your glory. And show up, God, in your praise as you said you would. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here this morning and you've heard all the praise talk. But in your heart, you really haven't given your life to Jesus. The Bible says it's appointed on the man who wants to die, and then after death comes the judgment. You can't really praise what you don't know. Not in an authentic way. And God has come to reveal himself this morning. All of this was done that you might know him. If you're standing here today, and you say, Pastor, if I died today, if I was to get in a car accident, if for some reason I was to have a heart attack, if something was to happen to me today and I left this life, I don't know where I would go. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, I'm lost. I need to know that I'm his and that I will be with him forever. If you're here this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus, just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Jesus loves you. He never, never, ever closed the service without giving you an opportunity to give your life to him if you don't need it. Is there one? Thank you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your salvation. And God, we thank you, Lord God, that our worship now, we worship with purpose. We worship with understanding. And we worship with love. We worship, Father, with everything that is in us. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, clap your hands nice and loud unto the Lord. Amen. Come on, give God. Come on, you can do a little bit better now. Just a little bit louder. Come on, give it up. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. I'm going to have the praise team come up. Y'all got a song? They're going to sing a song of praise. And before we go, whether you know, even if you don't know the song, do me a favor. Dance. Shout. Do something. But let's go out, let's kick this thing off today with a little bit of praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Come on, crank that music up. Come on, let's lift up. Come on, let's celebrate this morning. Everybody tell somebody. Everybody tell somebody. Tell them that you know somebody. Tell them that you know somebody. King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings and Lord of lords. You're the one that I adore. You're the one that I adore. Everybody clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands. Everybody do your dance. Everybody do your dance. Everybody stomp your feet. Everybody stomp your feet. Celebrate the Lord with me. Celebrate the Lord with me. Let's celebrate. 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 Somebody. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Kings of Kings and Lord of Lords. You're the one that I adore. You're the one that I adore. Everybody. 
our guests we have a table right here we got some refreshments for you we got a gift for you make sure to step out say hi and we want to bless you want to take care of you let's lift our hands to the lord amen you keep that music going don't turn it down keep it going hallelujah now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace to him be glory dominion power now and forevermore and all of god's people said Amen, amen. Give God praise. Yeah. 